Get your Storyline video training course and just-in-time videos at masterstoryline.com and at the end of the episode we will reveal a special discount code. In this episode we were joined by David Anderson who handles customer training at Articulate and who you probably already know. Now let's get on with the show. Mr. David Anderson, welcome to the eLearning Guys. Thanks guys, glad to be here. We are super happy to have you. And we want to start with some basics. So please, could you tell us a bit about your background, what led you into e-learning, your role at Articulate, and how do you manage that fabulous beard? (laughs) Well, I don't know if I'm the one to give uh, uh, beard tips yet. So that (laughs) will, I'll tell you what I know, and then we'll we'll see what Charney has to, how he can kind of give the pro tips. Beards, you don't have to manage if you don't want to. That's right. Well, <laughs> in fact, a lot of times they're there because you don't manage them. You know, I, I tell you what, the biggest thing, um, whenever I go to get my hair cut, the first thing the, the barber says is, oh, you're traveling next week. I'm like, yep. And then <laughs> I might not see him for two months. You know, it's, uh, it's kind of how it works when you're, when, you're, when you're stuck at home all the time. A lot of those things get, uh, there's a lot of trade-offs for where you're going to put your time, but... <laughs> Um, most of the, most of the grooming happens about 72 hours before the plane takes off. (laughs) Awesome. As it should. Yeah. Well, you guys probably know that, but, um, yeah, I don't know. So I think probably like a lot of folks just, um, let's see, I kind of got in, you know, working in 3d and that was really tough and, uh, flash three came out and all of a sudden it just seemed so easy. So I got a lot of, uh, a lot of work with advertising companies, flash three banners. Remember those annoying banners? Mm -hmm. Uh, Please wait while this annoying banner ad loads the rest of the web page and then e-learning right so e-learning leveraged a lot of flash by the time flash 4 was out i mean e-learning was starting to become pretty big macromedia was was a big hit was a big company um mm-hmm. so you started finding a lot of product companies that wanted to do kind of product tutorials or long form training um and that was it for years and then i would say sometime around early 2000s, around 2003, 2004, when Web 2.0, I thought, oh, courses are over. Everything's going to be done. No more courses. Everyone's going to put every their courses on a blog. So I was ready to <laughs> <Right>. give up. <laughs> oh, man. And around that time, right, Second Life was coming out. I don't know if you guys ever mm-hmm. played with that. Oh, yeah. I was. That was a big thing. That was a big yeah. thing. You know, my wife, she was... She was managing multimedia for the state for their uh, for uh, the, the ADOT the driving uh, the Arizona driving department ADOT and boy she started doing that I started doing it um, I thought this is it everything's going to be great so I started building little presentations and you know just like you would in PowerPoint you put them in three D only took you like a week to do it um, but it, it kind of got into it thought oh courses are dead meanwhile right the rest of the world is just kind of coming into e learning because they think I just heard about it. But um, yeah, I think just did that for a long time. And then I was at the bank and a lot of things started happening around 2008, Mm -hmm. you know, with with the market. And then, ah, the only thing that saved my job, because I was was a training manager. I wasn't even building. I hadn't built courses for about three years. And I think the only thing that saved it was the fact that I could still write a course and build a course in, you know, several authoring tools at the time. You know, it's like 2008, I guess. And um, met, no, before that, (laughs) I'll tell you, it's kind of funny because it'll tie into the challenges and everything I think we do in the community and probably what you guys, I mean, I think a lot of you, you guys get it now, but, you know, this is like 2008 and, you know, when you need a job, when you, I'm still working, but needing to find one, like, well, how do you find one? 
right? What did you do to find a job back then? LinkedIn wasn't around. Most people didn't yeah. have blogs. You know, they, what did you do, right? You called up anyone you knew that you might've worked with, but that doesn't mean anything, especially any learning was so new. Yeah. So I started blogging. And I, you know, back then there was people like Brent Schlenker, Kathy Moore had started, Tom Kuhlman had his, um, mm -hmm. let's see, um, not many, right? Mark Ehlert, you know, so it was kind of like the a smaller group. And um, I, so I, I didn't know, what am I going to write? So I put a couple examples up and then, um, you know, of how to make bullets and flash or, you know, basic e-learning stuff that you would, you know, everyone's got something like that now. And Tom said, hey, we got a user conference coming up, but you want to, would you want to do a session? And I thought, okay, I guess that's a, a good idea, right? So sometimes that whole, you know, opportunity presents itself. Mm -hmm. And I thought he said, we need you to do a full day session. <laughs> so I spent the next two months writing an eight hour workshop, which <laughs> I had never done for myself. I've done it for banking people, but I never did it on, on design and e-learning. So I got there and okay, you're up from eight, eight o'clock till uh, eight forty. Like what, <laughs> what do you mean? Now what do I choose? Which one do you want me to do? Cause I'd send a bunch of sessions, you know, Tom, if you ever see them, we'll say, uh, you know, give me 10, I give me 10 blog posts, give me 10 ideas. And, uh, you know, just that whole thing of getting it all ready and, and, and thinking through it. So I thought he wanted 10. And so I had 10 sessions all set up. And I think that was kind of something that caught their eye. And a few months later, the articulate thing came up, but uh, that whole idea of, of, of preparation, right? Mm -hmm. You know, people think sometimes, oh, you know, this just landed on, you know, this job just landed or this opportunity and it's not. It's like you no, see no, this no. In, the, in the weekly challenges when people are sharing work. You know, they might've shared 10 examples over the last year. They didn't just get that, you know, that, that role or that opportunity. It's, it's, it's that previous preparation, right? And planning that, that led to what seems like luck versus um yeah, you know it just yeah. showed up yeah i heard a similar expression like overnight overnight success 10 years in the making you know so. no it's and that's you know sometimes right it, it, it's a little bit faster but at the same time it's it's usually some there's initial efforts that no one sees right like mm -hmm. um yeah i mean the, the metaphor of a, of a plant is probably the perfect right you see you see the fruits of it but you don't see those roots right of how long they how deep they went before they started to yes. to come up and I think businesses, right? I mean, anything you guys, I mean, you guys are both business owners. I mean, you see it, right? I mean, how, how long did you, you know, I mean, I don't even know, right? I mean, I try to think of both you guys. You guys existed and had your business long before we met, right? But all of a sudden, once you kind of get seen and you start sharing it, it seems like, oh, you've been around forever. <laughs> but, <you laughs> yeah. Know. Yeah, it is. It is strange like that. It's, it's, uh, I know for me, I, I'll meet one person and suddenly I'll know like six more people. And uh, it's weird how much is out there right now, um, but uh, somehow you you don't see it. You were talking a little bit about the challenges. Maybe you could talk a little bit more about that because I'm sure there's a lot of people who uh, don't go to the e-learning heroes community s site. I know who are those people. Do you know who they are? I, I'll send you a list. We need to know <laughs> who they are. <laughs> um, no, but I mean, for me personally, I mean, I I love going there. I mean, there's so much like inspiration from the community in them trying to develop their own unique stuff, you know, constantly. Uh, I know I have ha actually had people reach out to me about potential opportunities because they see something in there. I'm sure a lot of people have had that. So I'd, I'd love to... Uh, you saw people reached out based on your work or just on general if they saw something they wanted you to do or something that... Based on something I might have done for a challenge. Yeah. I'll have someone reach out and say, hey, I've got an opportunity, something that you had in the, in the, in the challenges connected with me 
Um, I've had that happen a, a few times now. I'm, I'm sure other people have. So it's, it's a great place to find inspiration and to connect with people and all sorts of things. And mm. I should say too, bef- before I let you talk, uh, v- very much thank you. I know you invest a lot of time in, in that. Well, I, I'm still hoping every day I wake up, I'm, I'm hoping that we, we have an automation for it because it is becoming, <laughs> uh, it's becoming a lot more um, and it's just not slowing down. And I will say, you know, you sent us off a, a rabbit hole one time, Dave. Um, I did. This is, oh my goodness. Your, um, I was the parallax one with the, the walking guy, the walking uh, character oh, with the animated yeah. GIF. Tom and I were, we were, we, we were, we, we sit there and you know what, we, what I try to do, and I would say this is good for, for folks. And I'll, I'll back up real quick and just say the challenges are just this uh, weekly activity that um, we started about six years ago. I think we're on our seventh year, six year or seventh year now, back in 2013. And it's just a way to kind of get people on Fridays to do something, to use the tools in a productive way, learn the tools. I mean, obviously we're a software company, so we want people to learn our tools and that's kind of what we do. But it was also a way to kind of, help people start to build their portfolio for no other reason, you know, because a lot of content people are working on is, yeah. is port, per, NDA proprietary, it's protected, and so you don't have it. Yes. So it, it just started as a goofy thing. The whole intention was you wouldn't spend more than like an hour on your project. Spend an hour, show something, and that's it, and it's done for the day. And I didn't even bother to use visual recaps because, you know, we're getting three or four entries, which is fine. That's cool. That was enough. That was just, it was a, but by, by about the seventh month or so, you know, 10, 20 examples are coming in. People are starting to spend an hour a day. No, I mean, more than an hour, almost up to a day. I mean, I know a few people spend 12 hours or more. And it started becoming just something else, right? So you can't really control. You can, you can set things in place in community, but ultimately communities kind of drive where they want it to go. So it's become a lot bigger than I think anyone expected in that sense. Mm-hmm. But it is a place where people have been able to really... I'd say catapult themselves into the community and, and be seen. And um, one of the things I like the most is <clears throat> even the, the the less polished examples, like the folks who are just they just downloaded the trial. They've only been building something in courses for you know several months, so they're they're not fully you know developed in all the, the graphics and the visuals and the just the interaction design. But you know, having to go through those each week, I mean, I, I have to watch them. You know, my, my goal isn't just to quickly put a screenshot up of it. I look for a, a meaningful screenshot to kind of frame their example in a, in a good way. First off, it makes mm-hmm. the collection of examples look good. But second of all, you kind of owe it to someone because you think, you look at a, uh, a blog post, right? I mean, com- what it takes for someone to comment on a post, that's still an investment, right? You don't see a lot of posts get a lot of comments, just even any anymore because there's so much content, there's so much... Yeah. But when someone comments, I mean, that's a, you know, a thoughtful comments probably takes a couple minutes, if not longer. But to build a demo, to build something specifically for a challenge, I mean, you're talking minimum an hour or two. I think uh, Jeff Kortenbosch yeah. did an estimate one year and he said it took about four hours for every demo he built over. And he had like 80 demos. <laughs> like that's huge. And that's huge. Right? So that's a huge investment. And that's one reason I, I, I kind of argued for not just and, and making a second page for the recaps because we used to bury them in the challenge i would just <laughs> take a bunch of links and re-update mm-hmm. the original post and it, you know it was just a list i think that once i started once we went to the visual format it just exploded but by mm-hmm. including people's personal websites you know and we've got competitors sometimes use other products in there um, as long as it's not promotional you know we're good with it right because it's still built in a scenario right it doesn't matter what tool you're in in a sense the the, the structure yeah. of it is kind of what we're after 
but anyway, so that's, you know, that it really did take off. Um, it does take a lot of work. I know I'm always, you know, the current challenge is probably the best place if you want to get your stuff up immediately. And I'm always about 30 days behind on the older ones. And, um, and then, oh my goodness, Google and Dropbox, they kind of just obviated the first half, first three years when they cut out their hosting. So, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can't tell you what it's, I mean, we have, you know what I mean? I could hear, if I do a quick search, 65, 6543, 6,543 demos have been shared since we started. Oh, wow. That's, That's huge. Um, I see Dave Charney is at roughly 16 examples with one challenge and two. So that's pretty darn good. The average person submits two. So um, I've got, I've got to work on more. I'm, I'm behind. <laughs> well, I, uh, you, behind. Could, it, you could spend a week and you probably have enough, enough discarded demos, right? That you could put. <laughs> I'm sure I could find categories for yeah. things that uh, exist. But let me let me jump back and tell you how you hijacked an entire trip to London, Dave. Okay. You had posted that animated guy, that animated gift challenge. I think it was 115. I'm trying to pull it up. The parallax, which here was my. This is also it because just to recap these, to, to to recap them takes about six hours if there's about 20 examples because hmm. it's it's about five minutes per user if they already exist because I already have a Google Doc with everyone's info and I copy. It. If they're mm -hmm. a new user. Takes about eight to ten minutes because I have to go and get their info and add it, so it's it's more work. So it's about five minutes. I've got the process down, um, you know, screenshot, update, and all that. And so um, what we, what I always do when I go through them, and I, I and and Tom does something similar on his own, is we we look at them, and I have to look at everything. I even the the oh, I think I was starting to say this earlier about even like the, the the less polished examples. There's always something of value. I can't almost. You look at some that you might dismiss really quick because you see the initial screenshot is just nothing, right? And it doesn't look like it's visually appealing. It's not really pulling you in. But I can tell you that most of those still have an idea behind them that is mm -hmm. wholly valid, worth bookmarking and saving, right? I mean, with, with, with time and polish and, and, and kind of fleshing it out, it's still valid. And I think that's what I like about our industry is that, is that, yeah, it's hard to have all of those skills, but... Most people do have them in our industry. It's just if they could be partnered up with some other person to help visualize it. Um, mm -hmm. And that's that's why what I like is this forces me to look at everyone's example. Things that I might, if they were just posted on Twitter or LinkedIn, I might dismiss it or I might say, oh, I don't need to see that. But I do have to see it. You know, I've got to go through it. I've got to sometimes, you know, make a comment about it. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing always just how many times you know everyone's got some kind of hint of an idea that they that, that they they just didn't put the time into flesh out right so you don't know like a final project you don't know if um you don't you don't know what the constraints were right i could go to your portfolios i can go to the biggest e-learning studio and i can criticize it because i don't have that the the the, the benefit of what the constraints were for that original project you can always find mm -hmm. something different and i think the challenges sometimes are like that where you think you could do something different, but they didn't want to do different. They gave themselves, you know, two hours to do something. They know the buttons don't work, right? They know that the shapes aren't aligned properly. You know, yeah. they know that. That's their, but their constraint was, here's what I'm doing and here's what I focused on. And I think that's kind of a safe place because it's not really a portfolio, but you're still being linked to, you're still being featured on Articulate. And it's amazing how many people will come up and say, hey, I featured on Articulate. Yeah, I mean, you did, and you shared something, and you got featured, and um, I forget kind of what, what that means to a lot of users, especially when you're getting started out. All right, so back to how you ruined a whole trip to London. <laughs> yeah. And it wasn't even about ruining it. It just, it, I couldn't enjoy the trip. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So it takes a long time to do this. Here's, here's my original 
recap philosophy. If I put a really hard challenge right before I go on a week trip, it's going to be easier on Thursday to do the recap because I'm going to be traveling. It's going to take, I don't have a lot of time. Well, I tried that with the parallax. <laughs> and let's see, um, 115 parallax sliders. You know how many entries we got? 36 examples. <laughs> At the time, that was considered, I mean, we've gotten some up to 70, but 36 was insane. Um, so it was a very long recap. I, I thought a hard challenge would maybe not attract as many people. It attracted a ton of people. The JavaScript <laughs> attracted like 50 people. So clearly the harder they are, the more I'm, I'm going to get. So I get to reverse that. But anyway, so Dave, you posted that, that animated GIF. And what we always try to do is just look at something and say, hey, how would I do that? You know, I don't rebuild everything, but if I can figure out how to do it, then I know that I kind of have an idea. And I, I would say this is kind of what we recommend other users. You don't, you don't have time to build everything. But just say, look at something, and then if you don't want to take a, you know, open up Storyline or another tool and do it, at least know, you know, what you, how to achieve that effect. If you can kind of talk through it, then, you know, you don't probably need to rebuild it. You technically know what you to do. If you don't... Yeah, I think that's something we, we love to do to each other, me and Dave, you know. Just well, I can... I, you did that <laughs> one with the car. I'll get to you in a second, Nate. <laughs> You're on our <laughs> list, too. Um, that, that, that parallax challenge, I couldn't figure it out. And Tom and I, thought we were sitting in the, in the, I think the Seattle airport, ready to get on eight-hour flight to London for a workshop, and I, I can't figure it out. Do you think he did this? You got to use an animated GIF. Why don't? Why has he changed? That I would say our batteries wore out, and like I'm not going to plug in. I'm. I don't even care. And we just were frustrated. We'd sit there and we'd, we'd put it aside after like three hours. Like we couldn't figure it out. And started talking about something else. Goes, you know? Do you think he did this? I go. I don't know if this makes sense though. It, it just kept coming up. And then I think I messaged you, and you said, "Oh, we had a video." I go, I didn't see the video. <laughs> but again, it just that was fun, right? Because you know, yeah. I just I spent six years with the tool. There's and the, and I think Storyline's easier than Flash in the sense that it's it's harder to find things that you, you can't ultimately figure out. Right, Flash. You could say that. Oh my goodness! You, you there was thing magic people could make happen. That yeah. Um, but then this is what got me with you, Nate. You had the one with the uh, motion path in the car. Uh, yeah, with the with the uh, change of speed. Yeah, the change of the speed. Yeah. That was a good one. Yeah. And so we started playing around with it for a while, and I wasn't going to lose four or eight hours thinking about that. And you said, "Well, I'll talk about this on the podcast next week." And they're not going to talk about it now. You're going to talk about it now, Nate. <laughs> 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 I think you either sent me the file or you you told me something or you posted the forums, but I'm not waiting eight hours. I'm not waiting a week. <laughs> I already went through this. It's, too, it's, it's exhausting. But I love that. Yeah. And I think that's, that is what's so cool about it is that, you know, folks like both of you, I mean, you're pushing it in a whole different way. You know, Jerson, Jerson Campos, who kind of, I would say next to him and probably Steve Flowers were some of the two first two people that figured out the tying the sliders together. That was in the early beta. You know, that if you tied one slider together, that you could make oh, other yeah. things happen. I don't think we fully knew that when we were in beta. And that <laughs> changed a lot, right? I mean, we had a, you know, as a company, we tell you, here's the feature and here's how we recommend using it. But that doesn't mean anything when you get to the real users, uh, no, people no. who are building <laughs> courses. So anyway, you guys, you guys definitely do a good job, both of you. And I can see how you guys connected. Actually, how did you connect? I mean, other than <laughs> I could, I mean, I, clearly you think of similar, but how in the world did you two connect like this? I, I stumbled upon David, David's videos somehow, I'm not sure, uh, part of the e-learning locker. 
and I was and 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 at that time I was thinking about an uh, like an e-learning show, a storyline show, uh, and I was on the lookout for a co-host. And I find his videos, and I see that you know he's uh, he's he's using like different kind of tricks, just similar to me, and uh, you know has a can present things. So I reached out to him on Twitter. We had a few Skype calls, just like, hey, you're developing also in Storyline. You want to have a chat? Just so like casual conversation. And then I brought up that I'm I'm, I'm thinking about the. Uh, podcast and if he would be interested and he was and uh, here we are now two years later so you know what's funny about that too right there's that back channel somehow you connect either through a common interest but yeah that's it and i would i would say there's a lot of people i don't want to call them out for that because i don't know if you know I, i don't mind mentioning people for their work but i don't how people network but that i see that a lot right so a lot of those conversations um i see how how good some people are at that just by you know, messaging someone through the community or Twitter and say, hey, I saw your post, I saw this. And how often that leads to partnerships, friendships, and just, you know, networking, uh, you know, opportunities, as opposed to just sharing, right? So I think there's some people who are really good at just sharing examples. There's other people who are really good at just, you know, commenting and giving feedback. And then there's those that I think take it a step further and just sort of reach out privately, which is totally different than just interacting publicly and I, it's yeah. amazing to watch how many people have have kind of partnered up over the years or just added to their network just by other oh, person reached out to me and said hey i liked your demo I, I wanted to ask you a question or i just want to thank you for the things that you share and then all of a sudden and it doesn't mean you have to one person has to be more advanced than the other it's just hey you do good work right that something mm-hmm. like that well we all we all have a shared interest in e-learning for the most part so you know whatever sort of development approach or end results you like to get, uh, there's still that uh, foundation. So it's really easy to connect with people that way. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I was going to say too, with uh, all the storyline stuff you were saying with the challenges, it's it's also what I like about storyline is that, because I don't tend to, and I know Nate's is similar to this, we don't tend to figure out how we're going to build something for storyline at first. We think how you know, what's something that would be really interesting? And mm-hmm. then you you figure that out first. And, work, work backwards. and then you then you go to storyline or whatever the tool is and you say, okay, now how can I get this to work? I, I think uh, you had talked about Flash initially too. And I had a big background in Flash. And so uh, storyline was the first tool I felt I could kind of explore my ideas. And so that was uh, very helpful. That parallax guy thing, that was, I hadn't, not put a project together as fast as <laughs> I put that together. Somehow that came together so fast. I did it in funny? probably a couple hours. Huh. I just had this idea. So it is, it's also funny that something that might look like it take a long time went together very well. It's like when you're doing programming, you, you never think the first, you're programming and you hit a button, you're like, it's not going to work. There's no way. <laughs> you know how comple- complex programming is? You have to be perf- exactly right. Uh, but then you hit the button and it all works. And it's like, well, that's <laughs> impossible. That's that's how that came together. It's funny how that stuff works out. I would say that's that's so true. Well, two things, right? For, even <clears throat> for design, I'm, I'm not a programmer, but I can tell you um, how many times, even doing you know, some demos, but mostly when I was doing professional design, um, you're stuck on something for a while and then you just, 
something you just kind of switch and you just start almost like you're deleting or you're moving things around almost when you're just kind of clicking haphazardly and you're moving stuff or you're thinking through things and an accident happens and also that accident is everything that creates the whole new direction for it right it was totally unattended but because and i think it's back to the whole you know people getting noticed the the fruits of success you're active in something right so just being active that's when accidents are likely to happen you're not going to act uh, positive accidents don't happen when you completely withdraw, right, and give up. It's usually when you are still engaged in something, as frustrating as it might be. Yes. Um, but I want to talk about that because I think what you said, David, about um, about storyline and not building for storyline is really important because mm-hmm. I look at some folks in the community and some of the examples with um, uh, with some of their animations that they do. Ian Monk comes to mind and some others. And you can tell there's this animation kind of background from a flash world and they've applied it. But I think when you think of storyline, you know, the animation, the the entrance animations are there and the motion paths are there, but it's not an animation tool. And I think you've seen a lot less animation in storyline than maybe we did in flash. But then when you see someone come up with this, it's like, yeah, you could do just as anything and uh, you can, you can do it. But I think you're right. The tool sometimes leads you to do one thing, right? So I can do a lot more interactive slides than I could personally in Flash. I wasn't a programmer. But, you know, the deconstructing projects of looking at something and who cares where it was built? How do you achieve that? Or thinking through something before you think of the tool. Um, I think it's tough though, right? Because if you're building for a tool, you're going to kind of work in the mindset of the tool, but that's a lot of times not where you're going to get the the creative ideas. And um, you're right. I mean, I think if you you think of it first as what is it you want to do and then how do I get that essence? Because you may not be able to do exactly the same thing. But you get that essence of that of that project you're after the of the of the design build you're after. That's the, I mean, in a sense, a big picture way to approach things. Yeah, no, you have to you have to forget what the tool does. Think about one what you want to do, how awesome it's gonna be, and then just work backwards and figure out how to achieve that. that, that yeah, that's no, and I think, and I think that's why you know I'd say you know you guys and others who are building the tools either discover you know, things that aren't working or think, find workarounds that no one ever intended because it's the constraints that actually make you better. I, I actually love the constraints. I, I find the projects, and I, I'm kind of curious how you, what you guys think. When there's completely open greenfield, you can do anything you want. I almost find those harder sometimes, a lot of times, yeah. than with clients that said, I, I've got this super budget, I got this, you have these branding considerations, I've got all these limitations on what you can do. I almost find that more f- uh, kind of uh, giving me a better freedom than those that say, what do you want? You do whatever you want and then, you know, we'll go with that. I don't know. I mean, how do you guys feel about that? Or what, I mean, when it comes, when clients either give you the the narrow project scope or the, the really wide open. I, I like having some restrictions. It also helps me from doing the same thing every time, you know, um, in some cases, I know some people will challenge themselves. Like I need to build something that, uh, uh, well, like I haven't done this yet in Storyline, but I want to build a course. I want to build the smallest course. I don't know what's what in Storyline, how small can I make the, um, sta- the stage area? Yeah, like resolution, right? Yeah, the resolution. I, I just like coming up with challenges and sometimes you're given them and sometimes you create them yourself. But, um, but personally, I, I, I like that. And yeah, the tool has certain things it's programmed in a way that lets you do things. Of course, storyline, when you just look at it, it's very much a slide to slide to slide 
tool, but it, it doesn't have to be that way. That's just the way it looks when you first see it. Um, and there's just so many ways that you can get creative about using the, the tools that are there, and they don't have to be the, the intended tool. You can use them different ways, but I, I, I know I always fear that I'll, I'll see something, I'll be like, oh, I could do this to do this, but it turns out that's a bug that's fixed, and the next thing it's like, I can't do that anymore. It hasn't happened, but I always <laughs> slightly worry about that. But um, yeah, I know Nate's and I are the same in like, how can we push what is, is there, or it, it looks like a hammer, but it doesn't have to be a hammer, if you know what I mean. Now, do you guys, I mean, I'm, I know you different different business models of how you guys work, but you probably get approached because of that. But do you, <clears throat> do the people, the clients who, who approach you say, oh, I, I, these guys are clearly advanced and they're doing things and they're being recognized for that. Do they end up, do they hire you to do advanced or do you still get hired to do kind of more of the, the same old, you know, they, they, what attracts them to you is, is your out of the box work. But then when you get, hired or you get contracted to build the projects are the projects that out of the box as well or are they more of the uh, common course design builds that you would expect to see i would say for me it's like maybe 50 50 okay but it it could but i also don't mean that uh like 50 percent of the clients then give me just like easy courses but it might be the same client that had some you know, challenging projects at first, but then they have some simpler ones, but they still want to keep me because they trust me with my knowledge and experience. Uh, I guess that at first it is attractive that it's that maybe my, some of my examples are more uh, advanced and so on. So they would take me on uh, because of that. Yes. And for me, I think it goes also back to the come up with a good instructional and creative approach to solving whatever the e-learning problem is or meeting whatever the goals are first, because I think that's what people are going to see. If I build it in storyline, but I came up with that unique idea first, I think I know our clients or prospects might see something like, oh, that's an interesting way you're approaching the, the challenge of educating. And of course, that part of what they're seeing is the, you know, trying to push the envelope and doing unique things but it all goes back to the initial idea. It's not just like, I don't think they'll see something and say, oh, the way you slid that thing in there in that way, using that kind of animation effect, you know, that's what I want to hire you for. It's more like just the way you're approaching the, the, ed the educational approach through creative ideas really works. So who usually contacts you? Is it, is it, a, is it an ID at a company who's been tasked a contract or is it, is it I mean, how, who, who's, who's the person that reaches out to you first? Is it another user at a user level or is it someone more on the business side? Well, because we're more, we're more company-based. We've got a few people working for us. So um, either through our website or through connecting directly through, I don't know, calling us or connecting with someone that uh, works for us, uh, it's, it's oftentimes a, a business that... I mean, it could be anything. It could be just someone who they've never done e-learning before. They need some courses developed, and they don't really have even a, an idea of the process to people that really are invested in it but need help developing. They've got ideas but don't have the ability to build it or the time to, to develop stuff. And then you've got other things, like I did the um, that Armstrong Air and Space Museum project recently. It, it was one of those times where 
through a, a, a prototype I put together to show off some of the technical approaches that I would like to use to um, present their materials, that did make that connection. And they, they did say, um, boy, that's, I'd like to have that, you know. So it's, mm-hmm. it's really all across the board for us. Um, I know, Nate's, I think you'll often get approached with, uh, here's, like, the story board will be created and various mm-hmm. things already, but you get to creatively, instructionally handle all the details with, with that. Yeah, it just might, there might be uh, a script, uh, voiceover, text on slide, and then some instructions of how how that should work, but then it's my freedom uh, of how exactly to develop that and present it and design it. So the there's still some o- open field, but still more. I like the narrowness. <laughs> I had to abandon them because I just couldn't do both, but we had the uh, uh, screencast challenges, and that's lasted about a year. I think we got uh, maybe half a year. We got through about 15 or so um, because it kind of what you were both were saying, especially you, Nate, was that um, there are these technical experts because sometimes the challenge is, and again, right, I can't control what people are submitting. So it, it a lot of a lot of emphasis, you know, over the years has been put on sort of that visual presentation of it because that's you know, kind of what people want to show, especially the the consultants. And so I thought, you know, some some folks I knew who are really good, some of our most active forum members or heroes were not participating and i just asked them i said i i mean i, I by no means you know you, you're doing more than than most so it's not i'm not i'm just kind of curious why you know you're not helping here and they said well it looks like it's more of a you know it's a place for you know folks to kind of show off you know that visual side and the interaction side i just mm-hmm. like solving problems i thought oh man that's what these were starting to be that's what that's what i that's the intention was so the screencast was all about kind of tackling a lot of these technical experts who just like solving technical problems and as tools and trying to find a platform for them as well. Because I, I, I see quite a few requests when people ask us, you know, send me, hey, you know, I need some storyline people. Well, what kind of storyline people are you looking for? You know, storyline instructional designers, storyline graphic designers, storyline developers, storyline JavaScript yes. people. That's a whole, I mean, you just, that those are areas of specialty, right? So if you need one of those, you just, it, you're most likely going to need to give a certain, you know, reference versus just a broad. And so I loved this. I just couldn't keep up with them. But those screencasting challenges were great because it was all it was it was attracting different people who would show how to solve problems and from a technical training perspective, right? So you you know you're screen capping a problem or an idea, but you have to show how to solve it. Um, that was when you know our screener days really were really good. So kind of trying to revive that, but um, trying to make a platform, trying to help those who are really good at uh, just just solving problems, right? Just without you know, building a bunch of big demos, just building demos just to answer a question. And um, again, that was the, I, I really enjoyed it because what I also liked about it was that you heard from people. So what, you know, the demos you do, you get insight into people, right? The kind of topics they choose, their personality. And then if they write a blog post, which I always recommend because that gives even more kind of, you know, landing and, and, and landing page SEO fodder for them to have a, a blog post about their demo then you kind of get insights into who they are even more, you know, from their writing. But when you hear someone screencast or do a podcast, like my favorite challenge to date is the podcast challenge because you actually heard from people in a whole different way, right? That hearing their voice and just lended, you know, just credibility and authenticity to the people behind the demos and the the things you see all the time. Um, you get insights into writing, but a lot of writing can be still edited and formalized and proofed. 
versus when someone's talking, you know, your tone and inflection and all the cadence and everything. I felt like that was a really good insight um, to a lot of the users. And I actually heard from some people after the podcast challenge that they got voiceover work, not because they had best voices, but people, I just like you. It's like, that's incredible, right? That's awesome. I mean, that's That's great. Someone heard the voice and felt that person was, was at least likable, trustworthy, something, right? That that you would Mm. never connect it the same way with a demo. Now demos connect differently too. But anyway, I thought, I thought that was really huge to hear that. And I think that's, you know, podcasts, look at how podcasts are huge right now, right? I mean, Oh yeah. What was this? 2002 all over again? I mean, it's huge. So, yeah. Since since we have you here, I have to ask: Uh-oh. Is there? I'm getting a connection problem, Nate. I connections. <laughs> I feel like a Twitter question's coming, and I'm not. You're driving through a tunnel. <laughs> no, I'm not driving, but I'm pretending to be because I, I hear a Twitter. I hear a Twitter support question coming. <laughs> no, no, no. It's it's. It, it, are there any? Any new features that are coming to Storyline that you could maybe share here or or hint at them? Okay, I'm going to hint at them, but I, I don't know how much I, I can say. Um, we are making uh, significant changes, very positive things that I am so totally excited about to the way triggers and variables work. Awesome. People like you guys will appreciate it, I think, infinitely more just exponentially more because of the types of projects you work on. So mm-hmm. I think a big focus uh, you'll see from us with Storyline is production efficiencies, things that, that help your workflow. So you'll see, you'll see some improvements, I think some, some, some really big ones there, um, probably in the next month or two. I, I have to be careful because it's software and yeah, mm-hmm. things always <laughs> We take. understand. <laughs> But um, those are the those are some big ones, and there, and and within there are a lot of you know not just it, there's some subcategories that also trickle down from from some of those, but uh, really trying to make the workflow better because we know I mean you know storylines storyline one we attracted all the studio users now we attract the flash and you know people like you it's just building far bigger projects than what you know people were building five six years ago in mm-hmm. in slide based tools. I'm curious. Uh... How is it, I'm sure it is, but it must be difficult to deal with the fact that browsers are always changing and, you know, can video yeah. autoplay and all this sort of stuff? Uh, is that, uh, y- you know, y- you have to deal with kind of the front face to that, I'm, I'm sure. Yeah, and that was, okay, so that's that's obviously caused, you know, HTML5 opened up a lot of um, uh, of issues there. Um, that was why I think one of the best moves we made recently was allowing people to roll back their version of the install, right? So if, if, if you get the latest update and it, something's not in there that's working or conflicts with another browser update, you can roll back to a previous version. That's, that, that made a big difference for a lot of users. But, uh, you know, you see this, right? I mean, I, it's, it's a challenge internally, even with our examples that people share. These, I mean, these amazing examples. It's hard enough preserving examples with, without Google and Dropbox taking our, you know, hosting away, but let alone demos that were published in, you know, Storyline 2 that are fantastic. Um, and then Chrome makes that update and yeah. those can't be viewed in half, in, you know, Chrome's a big browser, right? So they're there, they're work, people are hosting them, they didn't take them down, they didn't delete them, they didn't move them. It's just, can you republish? I, I send so many notes to people. I remember in the Flash days, and you guys probably remember this too, where all of a sudden a company would make a change 
and you'd have these flash publishing parties where you had published like a couple hundred projects overnight, you know, just because you made one change in, in language or something, you'd republish all the Swifts and then secretly load them up over, you know, and just so the LMS wouldn't be all messed up, but you could just, you could make those changes. Um, and that's kind of what's going on. I, I, ref, I recommend to everyone just, if you have, even if you, you know, hopefully you're on 360, but even if you're not, you've clearly updated your software, republish your files from time to time, especially your portfolio pieces, because they're not playing. And sometimes it's just that the new, you know, we make the updates and, you know, we're always chasing the, the, the browser updates because that does cause, I think, our developers, you know, some, some extra work hours because they'll make those changes. But um, we should have some sort of, I would recommend anyone who's, who's publicly showing their work, whether it's just demos or portfolios, having some sort of schedule for uh, refreshing those. Whether you, you don't have to re-edit them, but just open them up and republish them and it makes a huge difference. Mm-hmm. So that's that that's a that's a challenge because I mean a lot of those sixty five hundred examples, um, you know, I've sent a lot of notes. Hey, love it. Can you republish? <laughs> yep, and everyone does. But um, <laughs> just maybe put that in your signature. I think of your, I might know. do it. And you know, we've considered asking for source files, and I don't want to manage that. You know, because oh, then I don't have to republish. <laughs> that doesn't. I'm trying to make it easier on myself, not harder. You know, so I. Well, the community is out there, and the community is fantastic for those unique situations, whatever they are. At least, it's, sometimes it's just good to know that uh, other people are having the problems, because of course the browsers are completely outside of your control, but you've handled it very well. Well, we tried to. I mean, it's it's funny to watch it kind of blow up behind the scenes, because you'll get like one or two in the morning, you know, like the East Coast users or, um, you know, European users will get it. You'll get a couple of them in there, and what's that? Hmm, I'm testing it, and then... <laughs> You know, sometime around eight, nine in the morning, it's not, everyone's test, everyone's tried it at their company. It's like, okay, we've got Chrome 66 or whatever, right? It just, um, it doesn't take long to find out that it's a real issue when it comes to those <laughs> updates on it. Thankfully, it hasn't seen that as, as much anymore, but that one, that one or two big ones in the last two years, the, the, those updates certainly, certainly rocked, mm-hmm. uh, changed the, day, the course of the day. Well, it's all becoming more mature, so uh, yeah, I'm sure yeah. they'll, hopefully they'll be less and less. That's a good way to, I always just say it's, it's a good way to kind of get a ret- an ongoing retainer with your clients, right? You know, just say this. We, yeah, some, set up a maintenance plan. A maintenance plan. You know what? There's some, we need some browser hazard insurance, right? Are you protected? <laughs> and you set up like this, a third oh, like wing of your business is to just really set like, it's like a browser insurance. And so, you know, if you prepay, um, <laughs> you know, we'll, here's, here's the plan that I'll offer and we'll republish for that. I mean, it's, I'm joking, but I actually know people who have similar things like that where it's we'll take care of that for you and yeah don't let yeah. this happen to you don't oh no. you can see that flash i can see my flash three advertisements coming up right right is there poison in your shampoo there must be a better way <laughs> yeah. oh, i miss the animated masking <laughs> effects that was although i you've done a few van the, the scrolling panel one we, we showed oh, that one yeah. once in a while <laughs> that was the fastest nate's that, nate's that, we were on skype and nate said hey um I don't know if this is possible, but <laughs> do you think might there be any way to mask something like this in storyline? And I said, "What about this?" And it worked. And in uh, a second. it was the fastest, <laughs> fastest thing. It was just it was right there. It was very obvious, but it's just I hadn't yeah used it that way before. No, it's mm-hmm. it's uh something to file after you've done all the other use common use cases for scrolling panel. Just add that to the the list of. Uh, How'd you do it? That said, I, I uh, certainly will. Um, 
I would certainly uh, love to see uh, future masking things when they uh, do arrive, whenever that might be. Oh yeah, yeah. The animated being able to do that is 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 pretty powerful. I mean, you can fake it a lot of ways, right? But that something like that would be would be really helpful. No, I love how someone. Dis- I just have to mention this. It's a bit technical, but I love uh, how someone discovered that you can actually you cannot rotate a scrolling panel as as you know. Ah. But someone has discovered how to do that. <laughs> so what you do is you you bundle it in a group with another object, and then you can rotate it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I did. <laughs> that same thing for videos too, right? Yep. You're, if you bundle your video, you can rotate it. Oh, I never thought about that. <laughs> yeah, it always feels risky, but it still works. So, oh, it behaved super strange, but it you can do it. Yeah. Can I can I say I I um I really still think I still love to see what Richard Hill did with Hero Land, oh, my uh, land. a little while back, if you remember that. That oh, was yeah. uh, it was just it, it. Sometimes people do things, and it just kind of opens up a lot more with mm-hmm. the tools that you already had, which is really neat. That guy, have you ever, have you ever met him? Yeah, yeah we, we had, had him on the show. talked to him on the show. I, I talked to him every once in a while. I talked to him just a while back. Yeah, he's a, he's a, he's a neat guy. We met him at a, a, one of the events one time and um, he's, 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 uh, he's got a lot of things going on. Um, he's an interesting guy, but. Um, he is a nice guy. Yeah, super nice yeah. guy. He said, uh, he said to me, he says, you're so serious in the community, but you're not at all serious when I talk to you. I am very serious. <laughs> but it's one of those differences between how you interact in, in, in the community and all. But um, yeah, th- that Hero Land, just good grief. That thing was, that, that, uh, was, a, was a work of art. It was. Technically, creatively, checked all the boxes. Yeah, it, it, was, it, was a, it was a huge project. But he's another one of those, right? It just, I think, flash background, programming, a little bit of everything. Um, I have to go listen to your episode now. I didn't realize he was on your show. Uh, one of the earliest ones. And, and how did he get on the show before me? Okay, I see how it is. Yeah, well, it was a while. It took a while to get you on the show. <laughs> yeah, no, I, no, it, it's. Um, I have to, I have to say, I appreciate it. I mean, you guys are certainly some of our, you know, I'd say more power users, experienced users, people who are really, you know, you're creating examples that make it really easy to show what's what's possible if if folks really want to do it. Uh, we appreciate it. Thank you. Okay, David, thank you so much for coming on the show, and we hope to talk to you soon. Thanks, guys. It was a, a real pleasure getting to know you better, so thank you for having me. Always great talking with David. Yeah, he does so much for the learning community. It was awesome to have him on the show, and we look forward to talking to him again sometime. We did talk about Storyline today. If you are new to Storyline or want to improve your skills, check out masterstoryline.com and use the discount code TRIGGERS30, all one word, to get 10% off the first year. Okay, Dave, I think it's time to wrap up. Where can people find you on the internet? People can find me at Illumin Group, I-L-L-U-M-E-N-G-R-O-U-P.com for custom e-learning development. You can also check me out at Dave underscore Charney on Twitter. Uh, How about you, Nate? You can also find me on Twitter under nickname N-E-J-C-D or Nate's the, if you can spell that the way I said it. (laughs) (laughs) Otherwise, you can visit elearningbrewery.com and contact me there or maybe add me on LinkedIn and we'll connect. Also, please visit theelearningguys.com for other episodes and show notes. Take care, everyone, and we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, thanks, everyone. Happy learning.